Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sears Podcast. This is Maria and Evan back again with a, another guest for you all to listen to and to learn about. So take it away. Introduce yourself. Let us know who you are. Hi, everyone. I'm uh, Sarandos Caperonas, and I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, born and raised and still live here today. Uh, by profession, I am a pharmacist. But uh, one of my biggest hobbies is uh, Greek dance, uh, in addition to soccer, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, but um, Greek dance, of course, a huge hobby of mine has been a big part of my life since I was a young kid. And I really uh, have been dancing since probably kindergarten because our Greek festival in Charlotte has a um, dance group for we're blessed to have a dance group for every single grade. And sometimes we have two dance groups per grade. So we have like 14, 13, 14 grand groups, which is great. So I've been dancing for a long, uh, long time. Uh, as I got older, I got more involved, you know, did some competitions. And then I um, took over as a director with Goyans. And then I took over as an adult group uh, director, which we competed at HDF-FDF and danced at our local Greek festival. And... Um, now with COVID and everything, we I haven't had a dance group for a couple of years, but um, we haven't done dance unfortunately for I would say yeah, so I say about a couple of years. And with COVID, has that hasn't helped with anything unfortunately. But um, I still play uh, instead of teaching now. I stay do most of my time with uh, playing music because I am also a musician. I play three instruments. I play uh, gaida, Thracian gaida, Thracian lira, uh, and a flageta and trumpet. So, um, and I'm learning a little bit of accordion, but I won't consider that part of my instrument <laughs> repertoire yet, but I am learning it. Um, so, uh, but I, as far as the Greek dance part, I really enjoy I have all the aspects of it. I love playing the music uh, a little bit better than all the other stuff. So, but that's kind of uh, my uh, background. Awesome. Welcome to the podcast, Sarando. Um, so, I mean, you've kind of already touched on this a little bit, but Sarando joins us as both a dancer and a musician, which is awesome because um, I mean, we talk so much about how music and dance are, I mean, they're in, they're they're one, you can't, one doesn't exist without the other. So it, I think, you know, it's, it's awesome when you get that perspective of the person who's both playing the music that everybody loves to dance to, but also can put down the instrument and say, whoa, you're doing it wrong. Let me show you the steps. <laughs> <laughs> so you t- you touched on this a little bit, but um, I want to I want to talk more about your inspiration and um, what got you motivated about dance. I mean, you started off in the church programs, but was there um, was there a moment where you really kind of felt like the passion for dance taking you over and it became more than just you know something that you did? Right. So. Uh... Well, gotta thank my parents for putting me into the dance program. I think we don't do that enough, which is good. Uh, but yeah, they they started me out, and I would say I always loved it. I really did like it from a young age. I would say probably in high school is when it kind of clicked a little bit more. We have this thing at HDF, which is the dance competition in the metropolis of Atlanta. It's called the HDF Odyssey Trip, which is where you apply and you get a scholarship to go apply, uh, to go to Greece and travel a little bit and do some dance stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the trip was, of course, really good, but um, I, the relationships there was kind of a bigger thing that kind of helped. So uh, I met one of my few now, my now Kubata, which is Stavro from Winston-Salem. Um, he was younger than me and he knew so much about dance and he um, had a huge passion for it, let's say. And that kind of expired, that kind of expired me to kind of take it to the next level. So I would say that trip was a huge trigger for me. And then I always had a passion for the Gaida. So when I was, I remember at an HDF in 2006 or seven, when I was young, I was like 12 or 13 years old. I remember hearing the Gaida and it's like one of those things that, you know, they say, you you see love at first sight. Well, it was like more like here, love at first sight. So uh, when I heard the guy that was a guy that he still plays, of course, he's in Anaheim. His name is Billy. Um, he was playing the guy that then I remember hearing it and it just kind of clicked and it was just like and I, I was younger right so I never had the passion to learn it but I was said I always want to learn that so after that trip and me getting more involved in Greek dance I uh, started learning guy then etc and that's how I kind of got more involved but not so much of an inspiration but my papu sat on which I unfortunately never got to meet because he was in Greece and he died you know a few months I was after I was born and I was living here in the states he was actually the proto-horefti or lead dancer in the choreo and everybody knew him as the dancer so I kind of feel like uh, um, I would say subconsciously, I get like a inspiration from that as well, because 
um, I can never get, never got to meet him. I'm named after him. And he was a lead dancer of Ocorio and was so, so good at it from what they tell me um, that I feel like I got kind of an inspiration from that as well. That gives me such major trail, trails. <laughs> I know. And it's, um, it's in your blood. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and they say, right, skips, like it skips a generation, right? So my dad, my dad loves dancing and stuff, but he's not into like, you know, all the traditional stuff. He's more buzuka and dancing, stuff like that. So like it kind of skipped him and it came to me. That's, and Stavro talked about that too. He talked about how he's named after his Papu Stavro, right. um, who apparently was like good dancer. Really into dancing too. Yeah. And like, really, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of, I would say more my inspiration is, but, um, it's just seeing i seeing the older generations kind of do what they do and the parias that come from it and the relationships and all that i kind of wanted all that and 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 i and i and it kind of like i would say kind of inspired inspired me to do a dance to a new to a new level right to another level research etc cetera, etc cetera. so i have a few i have a couple of follow-up questions now yeah <laughs> um so all right um so i, I the community the greek community where you grew up was pretty robust it sounds like there was a yeah substantial greek community um was that was that like the 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 majority of your exposure did you grow up i mean was your family super greek cultural did you travel to greece um, yeah as exactly. a child yeah so i we traveled we didn't travel as much as i do now like uh we would try family four right so it's expensive to go to greece every year so um uh so i traveled to greece probably every two or three years Okay. So up until I was uh, was about uh, 15, 16, I've probably been to Greece six or seven times, you know, plus or minus, whatever, around there. I wouldn't say that it really expired me at all because, you know, you go to Greece and unfortunately the Greek dance there is not too alive mm -hmm. in southern Greece. It's starting to pick up now. The new, the new our generation, I would guess, the 20, 30-year-olds would kind of see it as a cool thing, but they didn't back then um, to do, unfortunately. And a lot of things did get lost. Uh, so I wouldn't say dance really inspired me there. I would say more the, the church in, in Charlotte. We have a great dance dance uh, dance program, huge community. There's like 15,000 Greeks here. Like I said, we have probably, I, I would be surprised if anybody's got a bigger dance program than us in the country because wow. like I said, we have almost 400 festival dancers, which is, that's a lot of, Amazing. that's a lot of kids. So, so we have a lot of kids. A lot of stress too. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we have a really well, well-run dance program in Charlotte. So, which is run by Stacy Pirulos, which ironically was my dance teacher um, yeah. when I was growing up. So it's very well run. And I do uh, give a lot of credit to that area of me being involved because that was a footsteps, right? Because if I don't get those footsteps, then I don't go to the next yeah. level to like it. You know, if you're not exposed to it and, and if you go to, you know, if you're in a community that doesn't have a lot of good, well-organized dance program or anything like that, you you could get lost, you know, if you don't mm -hmm. like what you see, et cetera. So um, I definitely give a lot of credit to that. Which is why all these, these uh, activities, these conferences, all these things that happen that make dance accessible to other people, they're so important. Um, oh, yeah. Exactly. You, know, you had amazing opportunity growing up but for, you know, a church of 20 kids that doesn't have that kind of foundation. Right. You know, I mean, that's I mean, I know for me and Maria that that like really pushes us to mm -hmm. do the things that we do, because we just we want to make sure that we're making that available as much as we possibly can. So. Yeah, and, and we and certainly a, know that you've done that quite a bit in your <laughs> dance career. <laughs> yeah, and that and that workshop you guys do up there is great. The Pathos. I mean, it's something that that, that doesn't really exist in that metropolis or that area of the country, unfortunately, which is great. And it gets a lot of people. And I and I me teaching there and playing there and seen it a couple of years develop. You do see things progress pretty quickly when you have a good stable foundation and put something on good for the people. You know what I'm saying? So it's and it's mm -hmm. and, and you don't get to choose where you grow up, right? So if you grow up in a you know, little community doesn't have like 20, 20 dancers, you know, how many people had that passion inside that didn't come out because they didn't have that foundation. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I was lucky. <laughs> are people in Charlotte, like Greeks in Charlotte, are they from certain specific areas of Greece? Yeah. So uh, in Charlotte, there's most of them are from two areas. My Chorio, which is Arachova, uh, also known as, well, the official name is Caries, which is right outside of Sparti in La Cunha. It's mm -hmm. right in between Sparti and Tripoli. Uh, that's where a lot of people came. So, you know, my Bapu's brother came and he brought his brothers and et cetera, et cetera. And that's how everybody did it, right? Or if you're from Evritania, which is the main city, which is Carbenisi. So, and all bunch of the Chodia from there. But those are the two big 
I can. I mean, there's some Islanders, whatever, but those are the two big. Either Carvinciotti or Naranjo. <laughs> we have a little bit of a battle, but it's fun. Oh, yeah. Isn't that so crazy? Like, I mean, I, I get it, but like, it's just so crazy how there's like sort of little Greek colonies in yeah, you know, right. cities like today. Yeah, look at Carbon Springs. I like it's basically Kalimnos, you know, migrated yeah. over there. Yeah, Kalimnos <laughs> you know? 2.0. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's, but you know, if you think about it, if you're an immigrant, you know, you're trying to go to, you know, make a better life in Greece, where are you going to go? You're going to go to the place where you know, oh, my Theo's there, my cousin, or my Jorio. Mm -hmm. And it just is just a chain reaction, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. definitely. Yeah. That's so interesting to hear. And it's cool that there's so many Greeks in Charlotte because it's definitely like, I don't know, like when I think of North Carolina, I don't think of like big cities, but it's a big yeah. city. Like it's, yeah, like a, it's a real deal. I know. I'm kind of annoyed. People keep coming down here. <laughs> we were a small city. We're not small. We had like almost a million people, but we just keep growing. A lot of northerners coming in, you know, you know, it's so much, you know, less taxes. It's a lot cheaper, you know, a house here. You can buy a house for less than a million dollars or yeah. an apartment, you know. So, yeah, so we had a lot of people and we're growing and Greek wise, you know, we're, you know, the next generation is producing more children. So we're, we just keep growing and growing. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. You're yeah. going to need like a, a separate whole like house to store your I know. costumes. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how our, we have a really small costume room and they do a great job with it, but I don't know how they're going to, yeah. how they're going to have to expand it. Unfortunately, we have a second church here, which is, you know, we're not a fill. We're the same office. You know, the Greek Orthodox church, we're not affiliated or, or whatever. It's a, but um, yeah, we're growing here. Unfortunately and unfortunately. <laughs> right. Right. I feel you. I can get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, talking, um, Greek music instruments, um, I'm curious how that, how that unfolded. I mean, did you just like one day decide I'm, I'm buying a guy though and then figure it out as I go, or did you have lessons? Yeah. So, um, so I've always wanted to learn it. So at FDF, we, after, um, FDF 2000 levels, the first FDF, which is the competition in California. That's the first one I danced at as a dancer. And I was under the direction of Nick Mitrakos, who was uh, a director in Columbia, South Carolina. Very, very good director, had a huge passion for dance, still has a huge passion for dance, researcher, et cetera. Another guy that inspired me too, because me going through that as uh, seeing him as a director and what he knew, et cetera, was, was, was inspiring on my end. So I went to school in the University of South Carolina, which is in Columbia. So I was with Nick Mitrako and we knew each other from the dance and, you know, he would drive up to Charlotte every week to, we would drive up together and he would teach the adult dance group in Charlotte. And we danced with, uh, we danced as Charlotte and we had actually a few people from Anaheim, California, which Nick knew. And we kind of combined groups, but we went as Charlotte, but we combined mm -hmm. groups at FDF in 2011 and we competed. Long story short, he says like, Hey, I know these musicians in Greece that we're actually going to bring to play for our group. So he, we brought musicians from Greece to play for our group, which was for me, you know, so cool. I never, we never done anything like that. That was so cool guy. It was Thracian, which was awesome, but it was, you know, guy, the leader, all that good stuff. He's like, I was like, Oh, he said, he was like, so I don't know this guy named Panayotis. He makes uh, guide this. He's like, why don't you ask him for one? Uh, he might make you one. So yeah, that's a cool idea. So anyway, so I reached out to Pano and uh, yeah, he was like, Oh, I'll make you one. I'll bring it to FDF. And, and, and uh, at FDF, I'll never forget. Uh, he gave it to me, which was awesome. And, you know, I didn't know anything about it, but I needed, I got one lesson. So I, I stayed up. He said, meet me. He was leaving. So FDF is from Thursday to to Monday. Well, technically, yeah, Sunday night, but Monday morning, everybody leaves, right? Yeah. Uh, Monday morning, they were going to go to Greece. And he was like, meet me in the room Monday morning to do a, a quick lesson. Cause I wanted just to show, you know, how to hold it, how to play it, et cetera, whatever. And he, um, he said, meet me in my room at seven o'clock because they were going to have a plane or whatever, 12 o'clock or something like that. And I remember we had partied all night at FDF and it was like <laughs> five in the morning, six in the morning. I was like, okay, I'm not going to bed. I'm going to go straight to my, you know, guide the lesson. And I still have, the, <laughs> so I went straight to uh, Pano's room and he was waiting for me at seven in the morning and I knocked on the door and he showed me, he didn't show me much because a lot of those old kind of old time better, you know, those Greek musicians are like, Hey, you do it like this, blah, 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 blah. And then you're like, yeah. what, <laughs> you know, whatever. So, <laughs> so he just kind of showed me the scales, which were cool. And from there, uh, I, yeah, I remember that lesson. I still have it on my computer, actually, and I still watch it sometimes um, uh, from 2011. And, you know, we had the lesson and, the you know, it was like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And he showed me a few scales and then I took it home and, and he told me to, you know, listen to music. Just keep listening. It's going to eventually come. It's going to eventually come. And, you know, by that summertime, I was playing, a, you know, a few songs, you know, and they weren't good, but I, they were, I was playing a few <laughs> songs. It was cool. And, you know, him being, you know, how Greeks are, you know, like, yeah. oh, you know you meet them for 10 minutes and like, okay, come stay with me in Greece and stay, you know, we'll go mm -hmm. do this. Right. 
they don't know you at all. So, and they're like, oh yeah, come stay. Um, so that summer I met with Panayoti and he took me so many places and I played alongside him. And, and that, and that's where you really learn is playing next to somebody. So how I learned guy that and continue to learn guy that's like, yeah. I'll put like a Panayiri on, on YouTube or one of my recordings that I have, I'll put my headphones in turn off everything and match my guy that's the pitch and just play along the bunny Yudi for two hours, you know, and that's how I kind of learned. Awesome. Wow. But yeah, it was, that, I, I still remember that. that was my first 24 hours. I was like, Oh, for 24, I was so excited too. So it kind of, kind of helped. Do you like read music? So I, I took band uh, from sixth grade to 12th grade. I played trumpet. So okay. I could, I read music then. Now, okay. if you gave me something to read, I probably couldn't read it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a long time ago. That was almost 10 years ago. So, Ditto. I can if I get a little reminder, but uh, no, I, if you were to tell me, I'm not like fluent in reading music. Now, yeah. yeah, I was. It's amazing, though, that you can literally put on your headphones and just match the pitch. I mean. Yeah, it's fun. It's I, I don't know. How, I, if people say, how did you learn a guy that I say? I really don't. I really don't know. I just say it's pa it's passionately driven. So it's just yeah. something I always wanted to do. And I'm the kind of guy that if I have something in my mind, I'm going to do it no matter what. So I just did it. And. And there was Ember's like, could you learn guy that again? I'm like, I really don't know how I did it the first time. I just kind of do it. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. I, I mean, I I'm by no means I will never take my instruments out of, you know, my apartment. But like, <laughs> you know, I had this crazy idea. I'm gonna buy a Boniaco Lira. I bought a Cream yeah. Lira. I bought I have a Buzuki and like, like whatever, you know. Yeah. See what happens. I do it for my own enjoy it. Yeah. But it, it really like it's exactly I mean I never got a formal lesson on how to okay. hold it. So I don't even know if I'm doing any of that right, but that's okay. You, you know, like I, I can make some sounds, I can play some basic songs, but it's, I, I mean, me and Maria have both had the, the privilege of hearing you play and it's, I mean, it just, phenomenal fun. <laughs> it's fun it's fun and you'll say and what you were saying too like if you don't know if you've hold it correctly or whatever but you, if you ever talked to i don't know if you've done a podcast with mitzo yet but the guy from endacy mitzo the mitzo dallas he plays a thousand instruments he's great at all of them mm -hmm. he'll say like you know i was never officially taught to how to to play this instrument and i don't know if i'm he says he always, i remember this he always tells me this and he's and this is stuck into my head he's like i wish something somebody would knock me in the head forget everything so i could start from scratch to learn everything the proper way just but he's still good at everything so it's yeah. like just everybody conforms to their own you know yeah. way of playing things too so like you know it, it doesn't have to be a right way or wrong way you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. whatever works if, as long it, as if it, it works good. and it sounds good then right exactly <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because like I growing up I played the violin for like one year and I hated it because I couldn't have long fingernails which you know, <laughs> I wasn't even allowed to wear nail polish when I was right, this young but right. this was like devastating for my social career you know um, <laughs> so then I switched to learning how to play clarinet and like I stuck with that and played for years and years and years and I just remember like you know, you're like trying to learn songs for band and you're like squeaking your instrument in the basement and your parents are like, oh God, oh, like what up. are you done practicing, right? But <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, I'm like, like imagining you like at home, like learning oh. the gaida and like yeah. squawking around. Your parents are probably like, Oh, my dad, he is, my dad's one of those like old Grecian, like, oh, you know, you know, hard ass. So he's like, he's like so he, um, when I, he was like, when I started learning, you know, at the beginning, it sounds so bad. And, and so he was like, oh, I don't want to hear that thing. So I would literally, I'm not, I'm not kidding, swear on my life. I, I would lock myself inside the closet and play so I could learn. So he wouldn't have to hear it. Or sometimes I'd go in my car and go play. And in college, in my dorm room, I couldn't learn, right? And play in the dorm room. So I would, what I would do is I would drive to the church in Columbia, sit in my car and play in there. Or in the gym, I would play if the, I knew the dance director there. But yeah, my dad is like, ugh, don't play it. But then, you know, if he goes out and sees like, oh, yeah, Yosemite plays a guy that he's like, I'm like all happy or whatever. Right. <laughs> you know, so, but yeah, he likes it, but yeah, he definitely doesn't want to listen to it. Right. <laughs> I can imagine. I'm just oh, like, because, okay, I, I think most of the people who listen to this podcast probably can recognize the instrument and can, you know, um, have a visual of it but for maybe somebody who doesn't can you explain a little bit about um yeah. your guy that because it has a name too i'm forgetting well yeah when we were younger and you know has has up but yeah we called her marihula so okay that's it <laughs> yeah. um i guess she still goes by the name right. um, but the guy this comes in i would say three main pieces there's the bag which is made of uh, a goat skin 
flipped inside out. So on the insides, actually the fur and the hairs and all that, which kind of helps absorb any spit or anything, which is good. Oh, if you go to like, yeah. So if you go to like other parts of Greece, like sometimes I usually see it in Crete, you'll see like the skin, the fur on the outside. Yeah. It depends who you talk to maker wise. They say that's not nice to do that because it's disrespect to the animal, but it depends who you talk to on your whole philosophy on that. In Thraki, they don't really do that. So that's always that white kind of baggish feeling. Um, but on the insides, the hairs, and that's what, you know, they make that, there's only a few papuas that still make those kind of gu- make guides, which is kind of scary in the end. But the yeah. new generation is learning a little bit on how to, because that material is very hard to, you have to put a lot of alati on it, salt, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a very mm-hmm. tedious process. Um, so that's kind of the bag that holds all your air. So you're not bl- keep blowing, blowing, blowing like a flute or whatever. So you don't lose your air. You can just blow when you need to, you know, every five seconds, 10 seconds. So it kind of helps um, with that. And then there's the gaidanitsa, which actually makes all the melody. That's the stick in the front. It's got, I think it's got seven holes one two, i think it's seven holes in the front i can't remember i have to get it to low but it's got seven <laughs> holes i think and one in the back so and that's kind of plays like a flute and there's a little small hole at the top that uh that if you open it it plays a major key and if you close it it plays a minor key or whatever so that's how it kind of that kind of works which is good that's what differs from the scottish bagpipe the scottish pipe actually doesn't have that little hole so you can only play in one key you can't play the minor <laughs> major scale okay. Yeah, and then the Scottish bagpipe also has three drones, which the Greek guy that has only one drone. So that's the one that plays one, holds just one note. So if the uh, guy that is in La or A, it would mm-hmm. the drone would just play A the whole time, and it holds one one note. And then the main note on the guy or the bass note would be A on that one. If you switch to D, you know the bass note would be D or A, and then the guy that needs the same thing, the main note is you know the scale of D. Mm-hmm. those are the three parts the air the air sack or the you know, the bag the lasky then there's the guy that needs that because of the melody and then the back the drone which holds uh, basically one note and then there's a you know fisari which you can blow the air into of course mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's, that's so cool it. yeah the things you learn yeah and now just out of now to make a little bit more modern uh panayoti who makes who this guy panayoti who made my first guy now we're very good friends of course so um he actually makes now guy this out of uh like fake like you know like parachutes so like yeah so they're really cool so there's like a it's like a white bag it's not skin this is just like if you want to practice i don't i like playing with it just like if i want to practice or whatever or play it a really long lendy because the skin can lose a little bit of air and that makes a huge difference over a couple of hours but yeah uh, he makes these new ones that are still white looks like skin you couldn't tell the difference and they're like made of plastic and a parachute on the inside and it's all white and just it's perfect because it doesn't lose a lick of air at all and wow. that's what sometimes i'll play those at fdf and just you know if i'm tired all day um but yeah those are kind of the new modern uh modern guy this gosh it's so cool that's yeah. so cool. um it's funny because i think i saw on instagram or i don't know where i was like perusing the other day and it was where the fur was outside and i was like oh that's different it looked like yeah. the guy was like holding a boar yeah that had exactly. like you know two woodwind instruments sticking i was like oh, i don't think i like it that way i don't I like it i, like I don't it like it either <laughs> they do it in kriti but i don't not all of them but some people do it in kriti but i don't i don't personally i don't have a preference for it they're cool looking though. <laughs> yeah it's just it's like i'm like is he holding my dog like it looked like the size of my dog you know <laughs> <laughs> it's a little strange. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> what about we? Um, so, um, you uh, teach dance. I mean, you you perform. You teach. Um, you've done research too, right? Right. So, um, I'm curious what what um what inspired you to want to dive in and research the dance more and i'm curious kind of what your steps were to doing that research yeah so i would say again seeing uh, other people older or like people like nick metrakos or other well-known directors that have done research one inspiration to me was um, you guys might know him from Cal- from uh, long beach california his name is Vasily Kondos, who's probably the best director ever uh, who you know has won that competition so many times but more importantly than winning you know a, a competition he puts on great shows so he'll go to an area research it uh, do a lot of work on it and bring it back bring those musicians from that area have his group perform to that and really do a really good authentic suite so i really like that and that kind of inspired me so i was like let me go do you know see if i you know like this kind of research thing and so in 2011 that same year when i learned like picked up my guy then panayoti that you know that guy that made the guy that for me 
mm-hmm. he was like, you know, come to Greece with me, you know, we'll go travel around and do some stuff. So we went to a few villages and I talked to some people, you know, I played some guide there. And that kind of was like, wow, this is really cool. You sit down with the locals, sit down, talk to them. Like, this is your traditions. This is our main songs. This is how we, you know, we, our traditions have changed over time, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of what got my foot in the door. And I was like, wow, this is, this is so cool. So from there, I started going to different villages. I like Thracian stuff. So specifically Evros. So I uh, went to villages. Panayoti is from Evros, which was great. So uh, he took me to different villages. I talked to older people and, and that's kind of how that, that kind of, that started. And and then I was like, well, I'm a, I'm a director too. So I want to bring some of this material and show, you know, this part of the world, a little bit of authentic, like, this is what I had. This is what I learned over there. Let me show you, let me try to present it in a, in a, in a performance. Uh, I like to do research packets too, which they ask for these competitions as like a supplement, but I really like doing the, uh, the performance aspect of it and, and really put what you learned there and to show the people here, how it's done in that specific village. And then hopefully a director will be inspired here after they see that performance like oh i like that let me learn a little bit and they'll ask me and i'll point them into the right direction and they can do a little bit of research on their own maybe it's harder to i was lucky i i was lucky i had three months off in the summer and i was off my 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 focus was pharmacy or school so you know i i worked a little bit in the summer but i didn't work that much (laughs) (laughs) but i had a i had that opportunity to go to greece you know my college years for six for three months you know two and a half months and really do a lot of that a lot of that work you know which i don't get to do it as much now with the family everything but um you know that's what i hope other people get a little bit inspiration like how the directors here inspired me if that makes sense Mm -hmm. oh yeah definitely So can you talk to us a little bit about how you approach educating your students or, or if you're going on on like a workshop? Um, Because I think when I first saw you teach, I was like, this guy has so much in his brain and like, you have so much knowledge about everything. It's so in depth. So how do you like work with that when you're working with, you know, even with teenagers? I think sometimes it's hard like to get people kind of on your level or to get them to really understand like what's your approach because you're a very engaging instructor Uh, well thank you (laughs) i um i i'm very detail-oriented in in general just even through my work i'm very Mm -hmm. i guess it's a little ocd this too i guess but i'm very (laughs) detail-oriented so i try to build a make always kind of like a path so like if you remember like my workshop i'll build it up from like a basic step to this dance, like a, a, a basic, like zonaravical, let's say, for example. Zonaravical has got multiple forms. So if I'm teaching a workshop, I'll start with a zonaravical and then I'll build it to something, a, a six-step zonaravical, I can build it into a 12-step zonaravical, which is a daikuto or uh, into a cestos from Monastiri, or you can build it to a 12-step uh, gaidani. So there's different ways to kind of, that's how I kind of do it. I kind of do it in sections and build. I do the base and then I build up, up, up. And then once an article is done, I'll go to a next one. Like, you know, you'll go from Xisirtos to like a Sixtir Havasi and to a Hasapia. They all have that same beat, if that kind of makes sense. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's kind of how I build it. And then I'll, I'll focus on like four different rhythms. And then, you know, each rhythm might have like three dances. So you might get through 12 dances in, in a workshop. But that's kind of how I um, structure my dances. And I like to give a background. So I like to, I sometimes I, bla- I babble too much and I give a too much of a background. I get out of topic because they make, I want you, I want the, the student or whoever's learning to really learn the whole concept of it because mm-hmm. I think that's important when you do the dance is you need to really know the background before you do it and that's what sucks about workshops is that you don't have the most time whereas you have a dance group you can do that over a course of a few months and really build it. so my my groups whenever I teach them they know everything about it when I write my research packet before you know I send it to the judges for a competition let's say for example I mean they're they're I tell you read the research packet it's really interesting they're like wow this really makes sense why we're doing everything like this and like that so there's a whole it's not just the steps right it's the whole picture and I try to mm-hmm. do that in a workshop in as much time as I can yeah oh yeah you know I think um I definitely saw you do that and like build the kids up um, at Bathos. And it was, it was just really great because even now when we revisit those dances that you taught them, you can see that they still have like that connection or like we might start with like a six step and then move into this. And it's just right. smoother because they understand like the stair step approach, yeah. which is, right. you know, I think kind of just how people learn naturally, but um, it's interesting. Cause there's not a lot of, maybe there's not a lot, I don't know if there's a ton, but there's like 
not a lot of regions where you can really, really do that, you know, yeah. whereas. No, like, yeah, for sure. In Thrace, yeah. it'll be easier. Yeah, there's like a few beat patterns that you can do it. And yeah, in some regions, you can. In some regions, you know, you can go from like a Cierto to a Susta. I mean, it's it's to a Balos and it, mm -hmm. it all builds up issues to, to, to Susta. So it's, it's you got to start with the base and just build up. Um, and that's, I think that's the best way. It's worked for me in the past. And I've learned from other instructors that have done that too. And it's, and it's worked. So yeah. I guess it works. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I keep like thinking about these conversations we have where we talk about inspiring, um, not just inspiring kids to dance, but inspiring them to find their own expression and their voice. So, you know, how do you inspire um, a kid to be, the leader of the group? How do you get them um, into that position where they're, they're like hungry for more from you? Do you yeah. I mean, do you see that kind of like that dynamic switch when somebody like yeah, light bulb clicks for them and they're like, okay, this yeah. is not just like dance that I have to go to. This is like, I want to be the best dancer I can be. Yeah. I've seen that before. And, and being a younger instructor helps in doing that. And I, and, the guy that made my guy up on Yoti has always said this about the for this not per, per dance per se, but in the music aspect, for example, I think this will relate back to the question is um, he was like the guy this in Greece had a really not to say they were going extinct, but there were very few guy the players in Greece. So there was like two older people, let's say Panayoti and this other guy named Jan Dobridi. They they were their generation, let's say between 15 and 60, there was two of them. And then there's a huge gap where there's nobody plays for the most part until like the age of 30. So you had like a 20 year gap. When a 30 year old or 25 year old or even a 20 year old starts playing guy, then it's a younger person. They start playing and then the other younger kids are like, wow, that, that's cool. You know, it starts picking up, picking up, picking up. So I mean, it's like, you are more you can inspire somebody as a 25 20 year old or 30 year old playing gaida rather than a 70 year old papu who's like slobbering over the gaida or whatever like Ugh, that's nasty you know what i'm saying yeah Whereas, yeah like a 20 year old you know 20 year old guy or whatever a younger person you know who's cool and hip and is playing i like wow i want to be like him like me being a younger instructor that kind of helps like i could relate to somebody younger so somebody that's like right above my age who's taught at bathos is like for example jordan younger yeah. cool hip, whatever and you can you can relate to him like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, do something like he does. So that kind of helps rather than having somebody that's a 50, 60 year old, no offense to the older population, but 50, <laughs> year old who's, you know, you're not, you're, you're not going to have that connection or that kind of inspiration, for example. So really to go back to your, to the question at hand is like, I, it's something you can inspire, inspire, but it really has to come from within that person. So if that person likes it, he likes it. If he doesn't or she doesn't, then it, it's, it's not going to click them. I mean, I had friends that were really good dancers. They liked it, but they never like loved it. You know what I'm saying? And no matter how good, how good they were, I was never the best dancer growing up, but I loved it so much that I kind of try to learn more and develop myself. So it's, it's, I think it's more instant, more within you. And if you are such a, uh, I guess, polarizing force, then you can inspire others. Like me, I never really loved it until in my high school years when I saw people that are younger that really, I was like, oh, I really want to learn it. And I think I, I think I have a passion for this and it, they helped me realize it. Yeah. So it's got to come from within and without, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. right. no, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah. So dance floor or the music stage? Your uh, preference is music stage you want to be playing the music yeah it depends so, it, it depends the setting like if i'm at a competition like an hdf 50f there and what sucks at, uh, with the younger people and even my age you lose a lot of dance etiquette so it's really hard to dance in an environment like that like yeah. a crazy glendy where you have like a 15 year old that's just done testos for example he thinks he knows everything and he's jumping <laughs> the front line and you know and his dance group is he's getting his buddies and their buddies and they're doing Tesla's in the middle of the thing and not paying attention to anybody else. Like I would hate that. I hate that setting. So that drives me nuts. But if I'm dancing, if I'm with my pareja yeah. and doing something, it's, it would be very hard to pick which one, you dance know, etiquette is such a, such a topic. So, that's a whole, that should be a whole season of surplus in my opinion. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's very important. It's lost, but I think in that setting, if I'm with my, like at my wedding, of course, I'd rather be playing, dancing than playing. But I had my pareja and my my mm -hmm. people, you know, my people, and that was a good, nice area with mature dancers to really dance and enjoy it. So it's hard to say, but I, you don't find that a lot. So that's yeah. why I would say playing rather than dancing. But it depends yeah. on the setting. 
I, I, I can get that because I, I, I mean, there's certainly times when I go to events where it's just a whole bunch of like just a, immature yes. kids running around who have no regard for right age and respect or anything yeah. like it's just like they because and and this is an, a huge issue with dance groups they're learning how to dance and uh they learn how to perform not dance so they go and they hear they're like oh i've done this dance at the greek festival or at hdf or at fdf or whatever and like oh i know this let me jump to the front and show them how it's done like yeah. no you don't like <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I can up. recall <laughs> yeah back countless up. <laughs> conferences where you like you teach i mean we did this in new york a bunch with all the conferences that we did there but like you, you you're in the le- you're in the lessons during the day you teach them like you know a very common dance like cirigotico because you want to yeah. teach them or icariotico and you you want to set the stage and you want to say okay i understand this is how a lot of you do it with like crazy foot flare and all this stuff but like let's talk about authenticity and how the dance is intended to be it's a slower song it's not a fast like right double uh-huh. speed yeah, you know, yeah, like, singing. yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you break all that down and then the song comes on at night and you're all excited because, okay, we just learned this. And, yeah. and then you're like, you got your line going and then everybody jumps to the other line because they're doing it crazy and right. fun and, you know, adding all these, you know, spins and flares and all that. I'm like, Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. It's a, it's something that's missing, but it's, it's hard. It's, it comes from, that's always, I've, and if I've said these at all my workshops, if you're a director, I highly recommend teaching dance. All my dancers know that. If I had the choice, I would, if I saw something like, if I saw, if I was playing on a Kalendi and I saw, you know, these kids jump to the front, oh, if I was my choice, I would stop the music right there. <laughs> but I'm not a one person band, so I wouldn't right. do it. But that's, 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 ugh, yeah. But that's just me. I'm a yeah. purist in that sense of that. Makes yeah, sense. no, I, I'd be giving you the eyes, be like, cut. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I do think that's, I think that's so important. I think like, it's not something that's taught and it's an awkward conversation, right? Like how do you okay. really, cause you're, you kind of have to make an example of people and people oh, are yeah. probably like, Oh, if they're looking inwardly, they're like, Oh yeah, I definitely did that. You know? Um, <laughs> but I think with authenticity is also humility. Right. Yeah, and right. I think like, you know, you watch people who are truly like really authentic dancers and they're very modest sort of on the dance floor until really they're sort of taken over by the music and they'll, they'll show that like vulnerability and, and authenticity and the, like that is perceived as like flair and extra steps, but it's not like they don't come like out of the gates, just like right flying they across the, the dance music. floor. The music moves their feet is what yes. it does. And yeah. a, a good dancer will listen to the music and really either you know if a guy that comes on the steps intensify or if you're playing these shows and there's a violin and that's a when it comes on you you should your leg should automatically become more you know peppier or more you know engaged mm-hmm. and that, the 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 authentic dance like you said will will build into that and will listen to the music and the music will guide him how to dance if that mm-hmm. makes sense and yeah for me that's I, mean, I imagine this would be similar for you as the musician but for me when you make that connection with the musicians and you're dancing and their music is basically telling your feet what to do and you don't even have to think about it like that to me is that moment where it's just like okay that's the euphoric done. moment that's the euphoric moment of greek dance yeah. when you can do that or have that connect i a thousand percent agree that's yeah a thousand percent agree that there's nothing like it we just that, interviewed someone um who his episode will air before this um but it's not out yet and um he used the phrase that when you're in the lead, it, it's almost like you're possessed by the music. That's a good point. Um, and he's, <laughs> he is not Greek. He is really? an American who um, is a Philhellene and who studies the music of Epiros. Um, and he, he stumbled upon it because of collecting certain records, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when he said that, I literally, and he, he prefaced, he used kind of that to lead into a, a reading of a book that he wrote, of a, of a portion of the book that he wrote. And it like gave me the chills because I'm like, oh my God, yeah. it's like you sort of black out. Like you're just, yep. you, you lose your affective filter, you lose your self-consciousness and you just go. And like, you don't even really know what you're doing. Exactly. You know? But it's all on beat and it looks good. I agree. It's like your body, yeah. like, it's like you're, it's like you come out of your body and it's just like, and it just moves. I, 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 yeah. I it's, you can't explain it, right? There's no words to put into it. And he is probably the best 
place to relate that to because that music is just unbelievable, right? Oh, it goes yeah. right through your bones. Oh yeah, I, that, yeah unbelievable. That's the thing that like I I hope so much when I'm teaching my kids. I hope that they get to experience that. I'm like, if I can help bring you to that experience, like because I can't teach you that experience, but if right. I can help bring you to that, yeah, like You've that to me job. is my ultimate success as a teacher to say like, I taught you what it means to really be moved by the music. I, yeah, hundred percent. I hundred percent. And that's, and one, and you're in your area of the, of the country, you don't really have competition whereas we do. That's one thing I think competition is, is, is good and bad because a lot of directors teach so they can win the medal or put on the best performance and lose the aspect of let's really teach them how to dance and engage and come with the music rather than just winning a medal. You know what I'm saying? Which the medal yeah. is meaningless for somebody that has lost and won whatever it, the medal is meaningless. So like it, it's it's all about what you just said is to engage them and give them that euphoric moment which is that's just that's the goal right as a teacher mm -hmm. to pass it on it's para obviously right para, para dino. it's me passing on to the next person that's that's the point of it the whole point of yeah. it yeah yeah if you if you bring that to the competition stage if you can demonstrate the music like just pulling you out of your body and oh yeah over like and you rarely see it unfortunately i feel like you're going to be like the the de facto winner at that point because like i mean you you've you've demonstrated everything I, this is supposed to be right and that's just my like you no know. you're 100 i mean i when i taught and we went to fdf we did really good we won the top prize top top prize there it was it, and i tell my group i was like we're good we're we're good i mean not, we're not obviously bad but like we all felt it and it and it was yeah. very natural and that's what all the judges said you know like it's just so natural your group comes so natural to dancing etc cetera, etc cetera. and i was like yeah our dancing is i mean it's like yo the guy it's not extremely difficult our dancing's good it's not like wow like it's but it's the energy that that brings yeah. with the music the whole thing right the 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 show the music the singing the energy all into one that's what makes a good show and you know that's that's the whole point right that's the whole point in the end to have fun and mm -hmm. really enjoy it and isn't it amazing that we can recreate that in like church gymnasiums and like yeah. you know um convention centers i know like places that are so out of the element right of right. the right out of the original you know Jurio, like in the yeah. in the cafeño like you can take and go put in a gym of you know in bethesda maryland you know like right, <laughs> right. it's like so like whitewashed in comparison right. to like you know when you're in greece or, or cyprus um, you know, you, you step into places and you just feel so much because of like the setting already takes yeah, over. It's yeah. there. Like it's it's just, just layering yeah, the set, all these things on top of it and it just Right. It's it's you can't put it into words. It's just it's just you just have to be there. You know, yeah. I'm, yeah. It's like we're uh, like with speaking without words, it's just all actions. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Telepathic. <laughs> Right. It's something. It's something. Yeah. <laughs> People are probably like, okay. But when yeah. you experience it, like you really, you get it. Yeah, you get it. I feel like this is maybe an obvious question answer, but I'm curious. Um, favorite regions, region um, style of dance. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it's Thracian, but I'm right. curious. In addition. You know, um, yeah. Are there other areas that you are very passionate about or... I mean, My biggest passion would be Evritika from Thraki. I like all the Thracian stuff, like Monastiriotika or Vorya Thraki and Anatoliki Thraki, you know, North and Eastern Thrace. But Evros is what I really like. I really like the music, the the dancing. I like I like all of it. The singing, the tradition. I like all of that. Besides that, um, I really do like Nishotika. I think it will Nishotika. Let me narrow it down. I like Kiklades. I really like those. I like the Morgos. I love all that kind of uh, Kifnos. I love all that stuff. I think it's really nice. Sifnos. I think those are beautiful, beautifully done areas. Pretty uh, though the kinds are good too. But I, out of all the islands, I think the Kikladis, which have a lot of you know var varieties within the Kikladis, but as a whole, I would say that is uh, that is my second. And I, I don't know where I'm from too. I love I love Laconia, like La Peloponnes. I think it's beautiful. I would say those two would be tied. I mean, if you give me a nice tamico, I mean, I don't dance it a lot, but if you give me a nice tamico, I would really would dance, and it would, really would come out. And that's I really a good client. You know, so good. I love that <laughs> kind of stuff. <laughs> so I would say those two, Laconia or Sparti, you know, Peloponnes, so that kind of stuff, and and the Kikladis would be next. So they're a region style. Um that just doesn't do it for you 
Uh, Dean of Dallas will kill me for this, but it's I don't I don't care for Peter Lutka. I I can sit down and just listen to the music and just take it in the polyphonic. I can and Dean from San Francisco brought um, musicians, good Peter musicians, a couple years ago at FDF, and they did this huge glendy in literally a practice room, and it was like fifteen hundred. I mean, it was like one hundred fifty, two hundred. It was crazy, but it was the music was so good and the singing. It was. Like I sit, th- I didn't dance. I like dancing a little bit, but I don't really care for it. Sit back and just watch, listen to it. I was yeah. just close my eyes. It was, I don't like dancing. I'm not good at it. I don't know much of anything. I can do a stadion, a stadion maybe, but that's it. I don't know anything, but um, I can sit back and, and I can appreciate the music of it as a musical aspect. But yeah, dancing okay. for me. Sorry. <laughs> and that's probably the hardest out of everything, passionately wise. I hate that I don't like it, but I just, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. You're not alone. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll get Dean to agree to be on the podcast before we let him listen to this episode. Oh yeah, yeah, do that because he'll really <laughs> <be alone. laughs> Um. So okay. So favorite region or you know region that doesn't do it for you? Do you have any traditions that are really tied to dance or traditions? Um, you know, kind of with Greek music, anything like that, that you like really love or. I don't do anything personally. Like, you know, I don't go out on a here and dress up and do whatever, <laughs> but I, yeah, I really like, as far as like a tradition in Greece that really stands out again, I'm going to go back to Thraki. I really like, um, there's a village called Kosti, which is now in Bulgaria, but they've refuged here to, to Northern Greece. They do two cool ethema, which is the Anastenaria and the, um, uh, uh, Kalogeros, which is a Kalogeros is a Pokeris and Astana has done three times a year. Uh, those two are really, really cool. I think because they're just so old in nature, mm. they go back and the, and the Costelides are people that haven't really brought in out. They've only done, they don't really like their dances are coming out now within the last few years. Cause they're very kind of secluded, closed people. They don't want to kind of say a lot of what they do, especially with Astana. If you look up about it and all that good stuff, it's uh, very, very tied to just them. So uh, their traditions are very authentic and you can tell when they do them. They're very, you can see, see that these date back hundreds of years and nothing has changed with them. So I really like those ethema. I think they're really cool. Uh, and, and I like Apocalypse what they do in Everest, the, in Everest, the bay, which is where they, the Pasha or whatever goes around and goes to each house. I think it's really cool and I've experienced it. When I, uh, when I was in Greece in 2016, I did two uh, pharmacy rotations, which I really didn't do pharmacy <laughs> rotations, but I did pharmacy <laughs> rotations and quotations. And I did, I was there for Apocalypse and I got to experience the on the bay. So that was a really cool experience. And maybe I'm a little more biased to those because I've actually witnessed those and personally been to them, but I really like those traditions and I, I think I think they're just really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I just don't have any tradition what I do here, you know, that I you know yeah. go out. But yeah. as far as you know, as dance, it I doesn't like. always translate here, though. I mean, right. yeah. You know, imagine walking around doing a bokrias here. <laughs> I know, like, I know. There is thing you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You think you're crazy, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you guys, if there's enough Greeks in Charlotte who want to do it, like strength in numbers you could probably pull it off the only, yeah the only thing we've done ever apocalypse here is if when it falls is onyxy we do onyxy weekend we try to do an apocalypse and to be honest with you, with you those are always the best onyxes because everybody's dressed up we're all having fun it's right before lent so yeah uh, that's kind of the closest thing that we've done for apocalypse can you tell us a little bit more about your conference and like are yeah. you guys hoping to have it next year or yeah so it was Onyx is always done in the springtime either before lent or right after easter depending on how late easter is but um it's been going on for 10 years last the, the 2000 when was COVID 2020 last year last mm-hmm. year so 2020 we didn't do it obviously because of COVID and we're not doing it this year because of COVID that would have been actually would have been this weekend um and I started in 2010 I was my I was school year president in senior year in high school and I was like I want to do something cool so I was like let's do Onyxia I had a passion for dance so I was like let's do that and it, it was there wasn't a lot of people but it, it was fun and I was like we're gonna keep doing it me being the person that's gonna do something no matter what I kept doing it kept doing it kept doing it so it was going on for 10 years and we bring a couple of instructors and we have a you know have workshops for a couple of days and we have a, a nice party at night just like Bathos I mean it's 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 pretty it's very chill and it's very fun and it's been going on for 10 years and We've had people come from all over the country and even in Canada, you know, to the event, which which is great. We don't always get the what sucks about Charlotte being such a Greek community. You know, they see the traditional stuff and they're like, oh, if it's not Buzukia, we're not going to come. Mm-hmm. So we don't get a lot of local support, but people come from out of town and it's not a huge event. But, you know, 
150, 200 people that come to the Glendy, sometimes more, uh, you know, it's, it's a good body at party. So we have, you know, a great time. Yeah. We'll awesome. see. I'm hoping to bring it back. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. That's the plan. We'll, we'll see. see there. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> we'll be there to support. Yeah, exactly. And keep us posted on it too. Oh yeah, for sure. We'll see next year. We'll, we'll kind of look at Eastern, maybe book a date. So. Right. I know. I know. Yeah. It's great. It's so crazy. I was just talking to people, um, non-Greeks and I, I was like, you know, it's wild how quickly a year passed. Oh my and God. <laughs> I think like, you know, we've said countless times, like it was nice to have a break, but then you think about all the things that you missed during the year. And it's like, I feel like there's so much of a charge now for people to reclaim the time that was lost. Oh, yeah. um, so I feel like this coming year is going to be like dance every weekend. We're all going to be like traveling yeah. around. Like, exactly. And yeah, that's what me and the guys, you know, usually right between January and, uh, and Lent is our busiest time because you have, we have multiple people doing up all stuff. You have HDF, you have FDF. We're basically together every weekend and we're like goodness you know thank god we have a break at this and and looking back it's like man that we can't ever say that again because we're gonna take it for granted because you, you know we haven't done anything for you i mean we haven't played since canada and martin end of february of last year so it's uh, we take it for granted but like you said we're ready we're all like okay when's the next gig hopefully in in june you know the event in arizona psyche weekender will, will happen and we'll uh, we'll do that that'll be yeah. yeah i think everybody should go because it's gonna be like everybody's <laughs> gonna dance thing out you know it's gonna so be what's like the capacity for the event <laughs> right exactly <laughs> what are you allowing <laughs> do you need a vaccine just like tell us <laughs> right exactly <laughs> we'll start having um uh, people hunt you know how there's like appointment right. hunters <laughs> right 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 exactly exactly <laughs> like i'm gonna need you to travel to this state to get your vaccine and then you can yeah. go in june <laughs> exactly exactly but i am a pharmacist so if you guys need any tests or vaccines <laughs> right you have to hook up <laughs> exactly i love it and i've done my fair share of covid testing so i'm happy I bet. to swap I bet people's noses i bet you have <laughs> <laughs> I have. Awesome. Sarando, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you had a busy day today oh, and you have um, a new young family. So congratulations um, on that. Um, this was amazing. And, and we can't wait to have you back on um, definitely to talk more about your research. And also um, hopefully we can have you on with the other guys in the band and um, just have like kind of a, a wild podcast. I think that'll be really, really fun to bring yeah. everyone together. Um, so we will be back next week with more Sirtha. And thanks everyone. If you liked this, please make sure to subscribe and give us a rating and we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Good. Good job, guys. Oh, God.